Amen. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And we'll pick up in verse 44. The timeline of the end time events. Matthew 24, 44. And Brother Beery, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Amen. Matthew 24 and verse 44. Therefore be also ready for in what? Such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. It's going to happen in an hour when people are not thinking about it. So time, has been, time is running out. We've been looking at the rapture of the church, the catching away of the church. We've been looking at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, but what about back on earth when that happens? Well, we're at the next point now tonight. The man of sin is revealed. So when the rapture takes place, the man of sin, the Antichrist, is going to be revealed back down here on earth. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. As we peer from heaven down on the earth and see what is happening. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 1. And eventually we'll read down through verse 12. We'll start in verse 1, 2 Thessalonians 2. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as at the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of who? Sin. Of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let, until he be what? Taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of who? Satan. Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perished, because they perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be what? Saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, 
that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So there's three verses in here I want us to look back at just for a moment. Verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be what? Revealed. Revealed. And then if you look down in verse 6, And now you know what withholdeth, that he might be what? Revealed. Revealed in his time. Then in verse 8, And then shall that wicked be what? Revealed. So someone is holding back the Antichrist from being revealed. I would be shocked if he's not alive right now. I really would be shocked if the Antichrist is not alive right now, but is being held back from being revealed. Well, someone is hindering him from being revealed. Who is that someone? Well, in verse 7, it says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. I mean, can't we see that? You know, there's all kinds of evil, peaky, uh, evil people um, that are working right now. You know, the name George Soros gets thrown around a lot. He's a billionaire and uses his billions for evil things. Um, and there's a lot of other names thrown around about people who are um, involved with the vaccinations, people who uh, are just involved with all kind of evil, uh, maybe plotting, um, you know, to do with the Federal Reserve. And they're just all kinds of things. But I just keep trying to keep myself focused. Listen, what's going on is bigger than any one person can bring off, can pull off. It's Satan behind the scenes. It's that spirit of Antichrist um, who could take all the Australians' guns away? What man is rich enough to persuade a country to do that? Uh, what man is wealthy enough to do what's happened in Canada? I mean, they're supposed to have the same religious freedoms we do, but greatly not so. Um, Great Britain, what man is wealthy enough or powerful enough to take away their rights to sing gospel music on the street? And yet that right is being challenged. Um, there is no one man, uh, regular man, uh, but we see it's the spirit of Antichrist that is working. So whatever we may hear this week, I don't know what we might hear. Um, it's bigger than any one man can pull off or any group of men can pull off. It's the spirit of Antichrist moving the people of the world we're going to see in, in this series that the kings of the world are going to give their power over to the Antichrist. I mean, in COVID, we've seen that spirit of Antichrist, haven't we? We've seen in our state the governor give our state over to this spirit moving, saying this or that about COVID and about medicines that would help it. We've seen those were just squashed. Um, physicians, if they dared to question the agenda, were threatened with their licenses being pulled. Right in this area, physicians trying to um, prescribe, whether it's ivermectin or some of the other ones, 
um, that were known to help against COVID uh, were threatened to have their license pulled. Um, and so we see the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist does not care about people. And we saw that during COVID. Uh, we saw in the state of New York, where did they put pay, uh, COVID patients? Nursing. In nursing homes. And who was the most susceptible to COVID? Elderly. The elderly. They said the young people were doing rather well with it. So what is this? It's the spirit of Antichrist trying to bring people to destruction. And so we see, we see a lot of people being used of the devil, but it's bigger than them. It's like someone was recently asked, um, I forget who it was, uh, was, was recently asked, who do you think is running our country? And the answer was, well, not Mr. Biden. It's, it's somebody else around, but who? Who's doing it? But you know, it's bigger than even all of them. It's bigger. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's, it's the spirit of Antichrist moving leaders to, I mean, it's like, um, you know, the UN is trying to pass things about the next disease. They're calling it X. They don't even know what it is yet. Well, some would say, oh, yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. They know what it is. They just haven't released it yet. Well, that may be the case. Uh, but you just see the leaders of the world are ready to turn their nations over to the World Health Organization or to, to the UN. And I guess probably that's part of the UN. But um, what is happening? It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's people being taken captive by the devil at his will. And that's why I say I would be shocked if the Antichrist was not living today, just not yet revealed. Um, so whatever, whatever happens this week, people may be being used, but it's that spirit of Antichrist already working. Um, so the someone here that is withholding the Antichrist from being revealed, that someone is the Holy Spirit. Notice in Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4. So the bottom line from tonight is that there is no way we are going to know for sure who the true Antichrist is. And why I say the true Antichrist is because we could see some counterfeits. I think the whole situation between Russia and Ukraine has been a, a little picture, well, not a, actually a little picture, little in light of the full prophecy, but I think you know, we see a nation from the north coming at a nation who has a Jewish leader, the Ukraine. And don't get me wrong, um, I know Ukraine is corrupt. I know it is. But... The fact of the matter is we're seeing a little picture here of something the Soviet Union should have been able to push over the Ukraine. I mean, people thought in a couple days, a couple weeks, uh, what's going on? I think God is giving us a little picture of Russia, Turkey, Iran, Libya, Ethiopia. They are going to come against Israel. But the funny thing is, is there's only going to be a six of them left. 
They're going to be defeated on the mountains of Israel. And Israel is going to be burying them for seven months. And they're going to be burning their weapons for seven years. So I think this is just a little picture. You know, God is so gracious, isn't he? He's so merciful. He wants people to be saved. And so he's giving these pictures to us. But it seems like people are just so hard-hearted. But let's go to Ephesians 4 and verse 30. Ephesians 4.30. The Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are what? Sealed. Sealed unto the day of redemption. Well, we've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We've already been redeemed. So what is this talking about, the day of redemption? What's the day that our bodies are redeemed? It's the day that we are going to be caught up to be with our Redeemer. That's what this is referring to. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's called the earnest. Uh, when you purchase something, um, if you don't have to put the full amount, or if you don't have to pay the full amount, uh, many things you have to put down earnest money. Uh, it might be on a house. If you, if you want a house, they're going to ask for earnest money. Um, sometimes if, if you want a car, uh, you might have to put down money on earnest money. The Holy Spirit is our earnest. It's our guarantee um, of the, the full redemption. He's already fully redeemed us, but I mean to actually experience that full redemption. That's the day of the, the, the rapture. Notice in Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 23. Romans 8, 23. So we are sealed. The Holy Spirit is our earnest, is our guarantee, is our seal. Romans 8, 23. The Bible says, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the what? Redemption, Redemption of what? Our body. Our body. There it is. The redemption of our body. Something is withholding the Antichrist from being revealed until the day our bodies are redeemed. Notice in Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 12. So at that, at that time, so we are, there might be some counterfeit Antichrist. There might be, I mean, if you kind of go back in time to Hitler's day, um, people probably thought he was the Antichrist. I'd, I heard people say that Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. There's been a lot of people that people thought might be it. But Ephesians 1.12, we'll read through verse 14. Ephesians 1.12. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were what? Sealed. Sealed with who? The Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit of promise, which is what? The earnest. The earnest of our inheritance. That, that's the down payment. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. That's the Holy Spirit. He is our earnest. Uh, 
And so the Holy Spirit has sealed us, all believers, until the day of redemption, until the day our bodies are redeemed. Well, once again, how do we know the rapture is the time of the redemption of our bodies? Well, let's look. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We read that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So what's going to happen? 1 Corinthians 15, 35. 1 Corinthians 15, 35. And we'll read down through verse 54 eventually here. But verse 35. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what? What body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in what? In corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in what? Glory. It is sown in what? Weakness. It is raised in what? Power. Death is not a pretty sight. If you've been with someone um, who's went to be with the Lord, and maybe you've been with someone that was not a professing Christian, but death, death is not pretty. These bodies of flesh, it's, it's not a pretty sight when this old body dies. It struggles for its last breaths, and there's nothing beautiful. It's called the sting of death, the sting of sin. Um, but by faith, a good message preached today there at the nursing homes. Faith, verse 43, it is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. So that body of flesh, if you are ever with someone when they go to be with the Lord, um, that flesh... Um, might, verse 43, you might not see any glory there. Um, you, all you'll see is weakness, but by faith, something greater, much greater is going on. Verse 44, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a what? Spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. 
The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. As we have borne the image of what? The earthy. We shall also bear the image of what? The heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that what? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why these bodies have to be redeemed. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So when does it happen? When does this body change? Verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, what? Incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying it is written, death is what? Swallowed up in victory. And then it goes on, verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 58 urges us, while we're in this corruptible body, to faithfully live for God because that incorruption, that time is coming. Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So this passage shows us that the day our bodies are redeemed are the day is the day of the rapture. When, when death will be swallowed up of victory. So when Jesus left the earth, then he talked about the Holy Spirit coming in a special ministry. Now remember, the Holy Spirit has always been on earth and always will be. This was talking about a specific ministry. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Uh, to the very last chapter, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit has always been on earth because God is omnipresent. God is always everywhere at once. Um, but we're talking about specific ministries. Just like, is Jesus still here? Yes, he's still here. Uh, before we read further, go to me with John chapter 14. John chapter 14, Jesus said he's going to go away. Uh, but in John chapter 14, uh, let's go down, let's see, uh, verse uh, 10. John 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Um, we go down through here a little bit further. Verse 23. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And what? We will come unto him and make what? Our abode with him. Uh, if you back up to verse 17, verse 16, John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he that dwelleth with you and shall be what? In you. So in verse 17, the Holy Spirit is in us. <clears throat> and in verse 23, the Father and the Son are making their abode with us. So is Jesus still here? Yes. Yes, if you're saved, he's within you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, we are his temple. Um, so God is always everywhere at once. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, but let's look at, while we're right here, at John 14, 26. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is who? The Holy, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So this verse tells us whenever you read about the Comforter, it's the Holy Ghost. And then if you go to chapter 16, uh, John 16, verse 5. So what we're talking is about, is about the Lord, when he ascends back to heaven, he will send the Holy Spirit, which he did. But John 16, 7, uh, actually let's start in verse 5, John 16, 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me, this is Jesus speaking, and none of you asketh me whither goest thou, but because I have said these things unto you, sorrow, hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I, what? Go away. go away. Now, in what way was he going away? He was going away from them physically. His earthly ministry, he was leaving that earthly ministry in the flesh and ascending back to heaven. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, and who is the Comforter? The Holy Ghost. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And then it goes on saying what all different ministry he would have there. So, so the, whole, the, the Son of God ascends back to heaven, sends the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, to, in a special ministry. He is sealing us until the day of redemption. Well, the day of redemption is when Christ comes back in the clouds and we're going to rise to meet him in the clouds. That's the day of redemption. So at that point, the Holy Spirit's ministry of sealing believers, baptizing us into the body of Christ, that ministry is going to cease then. The Holy Spirit's ministry of convicting people of sin is never going to cease. You look on to the end of the book of Revelation, as I said, the Spirit and the bride say, come, come. Um, so the Holy Spirit, His ministry of sealing, baptizing believers um, is going to be stop at that point. And that is when the Antichrist can be revealed. Something is stopping him from being revealed. And it's that moment 
Um, notice we read about it again in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians 2. So, there is no way that we are going to see the true Antichrist. And once again, I'm saying the true because there may come some fakes along. In fact, we're going to read in just a moment. There are many Antichrists right now. But we're talking about a specific one. He cannot be revealed. There may be, God may allow some people to rise up between now and then that is a small picture of the real thing, like Antiochus Epiphanes in church history, um, did some things very similar to what the Antichrist is going to do. But Antiochus Epiphanes was not the Antichrist, just one of the many. So in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 1, we read 1 through 8. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as at the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be what? Revealed the son of perdition. Uh, and we read this passage, so in verse 3 and verse 6 and verse 8, it talks about him being revealed. Um, so he can't be until that moment. Um, if you hold your place here, we're going to be right back. But First uh, John chapter 2, First John chapter 2. God may allow some, some types, some pictures of this man just to give people more warning, more time. I don't know what he might do. Some more Antiochus epiphanies, maybe. 1 John 2, 18. 1 John 2, 18. Little children, it is what? The last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are what? Many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. So there's many, but we're talking about the, the, the man of sin. So let's go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and um, let's drop down in verse 8. Verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of who? Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. When the Antichrist is revealed, this is what's going to happen. He is going to deceive Many lost Jewish people. Now, many Jewish people, in fact, in the tribulation period, there's going to be people, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea that gets saved. But he's going to deceive the Jewish people. And sign, we'll have to see this in a later message, but he's going to sign a covenant with the Jewish people. They're going to be convinced that this Antichrist is their answer of peace. But just like Judas. And as you read about the Antichrist, he's not going to serve the God of his fathers. Um, it's just no doubt in my mind it's going to be 
a person who's Jewish. Um, he may also be of another nationality, but no doubt he's going to be at least part Jewish. And just like Judas, Judas had, had faked out all of the disciples, the apostles. When Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, what did, what did the disciples all say? Did they all point their fingers at Judas? It's you. No. It was, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? No, none of them had a clue that it was Judas. And the Jewish people are going to sign a peace treaty with this Antichrist, thinking this is the man of peace that we've been looking for. And he's going to deceive them, as we'll see at the midpoint of the tribulation period. Well, we see it right in this passage. Um, we already read it in verse 4. He's going to set himself up as God. He's going to stop the sacrifices. In Matthew 24, it's called the abomination of desolation. Daniel prophesied, we'll see, of the same thing. Three and a half years in. And we'll, we'll look at the years. You may say, how do you know three and a half years? The Bible's very clear about it. How do you know the tribulation period is seven years long? The Bible's very clear about it. And we will we'll show you those things. But let's get back to what this at hand for a moment. So in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, he's going to come with all power and signs and lying wonders. So this is a huge danger to the Jewish people because that is what convinces them. Um, if you hold your place here, let's turn back to 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1.22, this, this is going to be the downfall of the Jewish people because he is going to come with all power and signs and lying wonders. In 1 Corinthians 1.22, it says, For the who? The Jews require what? A sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. So it's going to be a terrible deception for the Jews because he's going to come along showing all this power, but he's an imposter. He's not the Messiah. And so the Jew, it's going to be a great problem for the Jewish people, and it's going to be a great problem for a lot of Gentiles, religious Gentiles, because of the charismatic movement. Um, notice in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7, we've got a whole host of people in most any city of any size. The largest church is going to be charismatic. Gentiles are just gravitating to signs and wonders, not the word of God. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. We have so many charismatic churches that are like nightclubs, the drinking, the dancing, the rock music. People are deceived by the thousands. And what do they... But, but what do they say? They love to talk about the Lord. They love to talk about Jesus. Well, read on, verse 22. Verse 22 says what? Many will say to me in that day what? Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Not just once, but twice. Lord, Lord. Have we not what? 
prophesied in thy name, and that's what they call tongues. And in thy name have what? Cast out devils, and they call anything and everything a devil. If you eat too much, that's the devil of gluttony. If you gamble, uh, that's, that's the, the, the devil of the love of money. Um, everything becomes, becomes a demon. And that looks really good on their resume. Then, you know, well, how would it go on Sunday? Oh, man, I, I cast out 40 demons out of our people. Really? Yeah, that's what they do. And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done what? Many wonderful works. Many wonderful works. Oh, yeah. People claim to be healed. Funny thing is, a short time later, they die. Now, there was a, one of these so-called faith healers in Canada, and some people went around after, after this uh, so-called great revival and healing me- meetings, and there was not one, not one person they could document had been healed. Um, but some had died since the, the crusade. You know. So... These are the three exact things the charismatics emphasize. Prophesying, casting out devils, and doing wonderful works. But what does Jesus tell them? Verse 23. And then why profess unto them what? I never knew you. you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity. Jesus is going to call iniquity what they're doing. So because of the charismatic movement, and that's another reason I would be shocked if the Antichrist is not living today, just not revealed yet. Because the charismatic movement is prepping the world for signs and wonders, but not for this, not for the word of God. No, because when you show them the facts about speaking in tongues, They'll tell you, I don't know about what that says, the Bible, but I know what I've experienced. The Bible's not their authority. It's what they've experienced. And so we have Matthew 7, 23. We have a multitude of people in this world right now that profess to know Jesus Christ, that he's going to say, I never knew you. And they are going to believe the lie of the Antichrist. Because he's going to come with signs and wonders. They're going to believe it. So a huge number of Jews and a huge number of Gentiles are going to be carried away and believe what the Antichrist says. Well, we're out of time tonight, but so that is what is hindering the Antichrist from being revealed. We've been looking at the next... It's imminent. The rapture could happen at any moment. After that, for us, it's the judgment seat of Christ. But peering back down on the earth, as soon as we are out of here, the Antichrist can be revealed. And he's going to deceive the people with his powers, his signs, wonders. Um, But his father is not God, but the devil. And so... We see in 2 Thessalonians 2, those people who did not believe the truth, the gospel, and heard it, they're going to believe the lie. And so while we have the, the chance, until our bodies are redeemed, it's, it's back to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.
And Lord, it seems like time is so short. And yet, we just read tonight that you used John to write it was the last days and that there were many antichrists. Not the Antichrist, but many Antichrists. And so, Father, we do not know the timetable. We don't know if it's within the hour. We don't know if it's this week, this month, in 10 years, in 40 years. We don't know. But, Lord, we do know you want us to be faithful. We do know. You want people to be saved. You are so long-suffering. You are giving all kinds of pictures, whether it's Russia and Ukraine, of what is to come, only on a much larger scale. So, Father, help us. We know the judgment seat could be just a few moments away for us or maybe many years away, but we don't know. But we want to serve you faithfully. We want to see others saved. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have free reign in our lives this week. I pray that he would find us very usable vessels for his work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our hymn books.